Welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, episode 28. My name's John. I'm joined by Ryan and a sponsor of Pepto-Bismol, James. Indeed. I have no idea what I'm doing here. Well, I'll tell you what we're doing here. Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we're currently playing, games we've recently picked up, and always the, you know, getting better as we go at it, picking up new and fun games and trying things we've never tried before, Game Deflators Inflation Deflation Challenge. Yeah, dude. Uh, last week, I was actually pretty stoked with what we played. Um, God, I can't, now I'm, I'm not really stoked. What was it? Riding Project. Jeez, man. I'm having like brain farts here. And then uh, this week, we went ahead and picked up the 3DO that I've had kind of sitting on my shelf for quite some time. And uh, more on that later. It's You know what? I think we finally learned that we could pick good games to play, too. Yeah, I mean, James over here with his crappy game challenges on a, you know... I mean, I I don't know what a crappy game challenge is. We should probably just steer away from that conversation. I'm oh, he's oh, just looking uh, at me. Yeah, because you guys you, keep you shooting all over my him. crappy game challenge. Y'all are just like, mm, mm, this shit sandwich tastes spectacular, and you think I don't know what y'all are up to? Hey, Ghostbusters wasn't bad. Yeah, it really wasn't that bad of a game. I enjoyed it. Oh, I'm sorry, you're saying Ghostbusters wasn't that bad, so you're saying y'all should play the first one. In- See if all that I think he's like out of ideas. Folks. I think he's I think he's out of ideas. All he could come up with is more Ghostbusters. I, I would agree on that, man. He, so um, so y'all want to play the first Ghostbusters? So you're saying y'all have selected your own crappy game challenge because you've already played Ghostbusters two and y'all thought it was pretty good. So Ghostbusters one can't be that bad, right? Not really. I mean, if the sequel is anything, you know, if the sequel is better than the original, I'd imagine the original has to be fantastic. What? Very well. I will loan you all my copy of Ghostbusters on NES for the next ca- crappy game challenge. You know, I actually might have challenge it. Challenge accepted. I actually might have it on the uh, Sega Master System. Ooh. Yeah, that, it's that, about the same. It might be. Ooh, I think I also have it on the Atari. I actually think it is. Well, it's slightly different. Like a little watered down on the Atari, of course, because of hardware limitations. But the, I think the Master System version is the same as uh, the NES version, like gameplay-wise. Well, it sounds good. So uh, maybe not this coming week but it'll be on the list we'll, we'll play it we'll do it All choose right. the form of your destruction alright so uh, we'll get started Ryan did you get any pickups this week uh, this week I did not I'm still playing through some of the beginning of Final Fantasy 12 and I'm still you know blazing some caves every once in a while I just can't get away from that game so, uh, sounds like you had a very boring weekend then. Um, I personally picked up a copy of uh, Budokai Tenkaichi 3, complete in box. Finally added that to the PS2 collection. And uh, also picked up a Super Nintendo with a copy of Tournament Fighters and Donkey Kong Country 3. So, those are my recent pickups this week. Um, probably end up trading in or flipping the, uh, the Super Nintendo, unfortunately. Uh, Got to make up for that uh, Budokai Tenkaichi 3 I picked up. Obviously, it'll be at a good price, so uh, we'll see how that goes. James? I am actually trying to find... I'm actually trying to find the name of the game I picked up a week or two ago. It's a PC game. I posted it to the page for everyone because it was free uh, and are cheap. And it's... Uh, I feel really bad. I can't remember the exact... Uh, Eep History or Eep History. Like, history, but with an E. So, Eep, E-P History. Anyhow, um, imagine a game, like I'm sure most people are familiar with Typing of the Dead, whereas that's, you know, uh, more or less a first-person shooter where you type to uh, to kill enemies. This is more like a top-down, isometric perspective RPG slash world-building game where, you know, you're running around Diablo-style and you're getting swarmed by mobs of enemies and you actually have to type the words on screen to attack them. And as you do this, you're actually unveiling more parts of the world very similar to uh bastion i would say and uh it looked really amazing and it was cheap so i went ahead and picked it up um as far as anything else technically i didn't pick it up but um nintendo did add star tropics to the nintendo online for the switch uh and i started playing that again very nice yeah you were telling me about uh star tropics the other day when we were talking about zelda 2 yeah, I, I am actually enjoying hearing about your wife playing Zelda 2 more so than I have ever enjoyed playing it myself. Yeah, well, uh, that's a good segue into what we're currently playing then, right? So, uh, yeah, my wife is playing Zelda 2. Uh, James warned her probably 
about two months ago and she was like, I want to play the whole Zelda series. So she got super excited about playing Zelda and James is like, eh, you know, once you get to number two, you're going to absolutely hate it. It's terrible. Um, and she is regretting every moment of that, but she is determined to beat that game. She is powering so, through it. it. It brought a smile to my face. Oh, yeah. So she's on... Uh, she just beat the fifth boss in the game. I think there's seven. She's level eight. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday was pretty funny watching her play. She was just yelling at the TV, getting frustrated at <laughs> at the uh, at the fifth boss. And I was like, "Hold on, let me let me see what's going on." So I watched a quick video, you know, because I, I hadn't picked up the controller. And I think the most I got through Zelda two was maybe the first dungeon. I was like, "Screw this, I'm done." So. I looked at here, folks. I made it all the way to four before I corrupted my own save file. So she pretty much just beat both of us combined. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, So, yeah, I went ahead and uh, watched a quick video. I'm like, all right, how does, you know, what's the best strategy for this guy? Stab him in the head. No, not even that, man. It was uh, the strategy was wait till he throws. It's a Guma, I think is his name. And uh, you wait till he throws his like spike ball at you. And he reels it back in right when he throws it. That last split second, you're supposed to jump towards him, stab him, jump back, and just rinse and repeat, basically. So, you know, I I tried it a few times and realized I hadn't played this game at all in in such a long time. And so, one had jumped in, stabbed, and started getting kind of used to feels of it. Of course, every time we got a game over, we were restarted to the beginning of the damn castle and having to walk back. Um, But we finally got back. There was probably about my fourth attempt at the uh, boss. And... uh, yeah, I was. I think I had a little bit of health. The stupid thing about this game, I'm healing, and then she's like, "Heal, heal." I'm like, "I'm pressing the damn select button, to heal." She's like, "No, you have to press start and then heal." I'm like, yep. "What?" So yeah, you have to reset your magic, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, so heal, go ahead and get through a little bit more, and then he's got about two shots on. She's like, "Come on, come on!" She's like freaking out because she <laughs> wants to beat so badly. And uh, I finally healed again, stabbed him a couple times, and she was like, yes, I love you so much, and <laughs> ran over to me and everything. It was it was the most excited I've seen her playing a video game um, ever. And so that was that was pretty funny. I had to tell you that right away when, when that occurred. That is, that is truly awesome. I wish I could have been a fly on a wall for that. Oh, man. Because that, uh, that is so adorable. That kind of reminded me of uh, when we were playing Lost Levels that time. Oh, and we God, were just yeah. getting through that castle, and I somehow dodged like 50 million hammers <laughs> to get through, and you guys were like, what the hell? I can't believe you just did that. Yeah. yeah. I, I Actually, I miss uh, I miss having moments with that, like that with y'all. That's one of the reasons I came out of. Especially the whole time we were playing the Lost Levels, all and whoever was playing the rest of us were just sitting there with our hands clenched, like, come on, come on, come on, you can do it. Oh, God, oh, God. Yeah, Ryan, yeah. Lost Levels is probably one of the greater uh, gaming experiences that we had, just the consistent uh, dying in that game was ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> well, that being said, uh, so my currently playing, uh, I've been picking up Salt and Sanctuary every now and then before bed, and I have progressed to, I'm level 15, and I'm getting a pretty good hand for the controls. I kind of wish I would play it on my TV versus in handheld mode. Uh, it just it feels like it's going to be a lot smoother having the two Joy-Cons versus holding the system and everything. Um, but I have progressed to... I am now going to be on the third boss. So I'm in the third area of the game. And I probably played about a couple hours in. So I'd imagine... I think it's supposed to be like a 15-hour game. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, so far, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. It's pretty you liking the the upgrade tree system and all that stuff? Yeah, that's definitely interesting compared to um, to like a Dark Souls because obviously Dark Souls is like, all right, I've got my stats I can increase and then I can buy magic and stuff. Versus, you know, this is like, you know, very specific and it's kind of dumbed down in a sense for for non Souls players in that. Hey, look, if you select this one right here, that gives you plus two to strength. Plus, here's some of the benefits and, and what it helps you get uh, versus like a Dark Souls or Bloodborne. You, you, like, you know what you're doing, but somebody that's not familiar with the game is going to be like, OK, I'm going to increase my decks. I don't know what that does, but, you know, we'll, we'll go. So ahead it's and do not it. dumbed down. It just explains itself. Yeah, but I would consider it dumbed down. By explaining itself, like the ambiguity that makes games hard doesn't necessarily make them better. Well. I didn't say I made it better. I would just say I like it. It's pretty cool. So being able to... its It reminds me kind of the uh, of Final Fantasy X sphere grid system in a sense. Yeah. Where I can kind of go whatever path I want to go. Um, 
So right now, like I haven't done any magic points. It's been purely strength and defense or endurance to try and, and obviously bolster what I currently have so I can power through and level grind. And then once I've done that, I'll start shifting into the magic focus of things, mm-hmm. which is pretty much how I play souls uh, to begin with. So you were saying that essentially you're making a dex build? Uh, no, right now it's purely been a strength build uh, okay. for my character. And that's just to do level grinding. And then I'm going to focus on throwing in some magic on there. Uh, I want to say my dex is like 10 or something and my strength is like a 15 or 16 right now. Like I'm just purely trying to build up that strength and defense so that way I can go ahead and build into the other areas I want and be able to stand a chance against minor foes. Ryan, you haven't uh, really played Dark Souls, have you? I've played some of Dark Souls 2 and I played some of Sultan Sanctuary, but that's... I played like five minutes of Bloodboard, so that barely even counts. Okay, so in defense of Dark Souls... um, Dark Souls 1 specifically actually does have a tutorial at the beginning. It's just uh, completely different from what you would imagine. Like As you start out, you'll start noticing the messages on the ground. The messages are literally like, press R2 to block. You're, you're like, wait, why the hell do I know? Ah, you're getting hit by an arrow and yeah. shit. Uh, but you know me, man. We'll sit down. We'll play through Dark Souls Remastered. Uh, yeah, I I thought about getting Dark Souls 1. I, I like Dark Souls 2 for what I played of it, but I just kind of got to the point where I would just go through an area and just kill all the enemies until they stop respawning mm-hmm. and just kind of cheese my way through that way. I I have to admit, I thought that was kind of annoyance, but also kind of a good feature of Dark Souls 2 that, you know, especially when the area is a real pain in the ass that eventually after you kill them 10 times, they'll just, most of them will stop spawning. Um, yeah. Dark Souls 2 to me though, end up being kind of tedious both times I played through it. I mean, it was definitely more fun the second time because I was playing with John. But, uh, you know, I personally feel that Dark Souls is definitely the original. It's definitely one of those games that a lot of gamers should experience. So whenever you're ready, man, I will go through with you and I'll, I'll do my best not to abandon you one quarter of the way through the game like I did John. Right. Dude, Dark Souls 1, he's just like, hey, you want to play Dark Souls? Yeah, sure. And actually, I had I already beat Demon Souls, so I, fam- I was familiar with the concept, right? So yeah, it wasn't like, like I, I was, got this. It wasn't <laughs> like I was left alone. Actually, Dark Souls I, was pretty easy, the first one. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, we're playing Dark Souls, and he's super excited about playing with me. We get through, I don't know, maybe the first boss or two, and he's like, all right, enjoy. I'm like, what are you talking about? I thought we were playing this together. No, I got other games I got to beat. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, dude? I've already beat this like three times. You're on your own. Here's yeah, Dark so, Root Garden Basin. Have a nice day. Yeah, that's actually exactly where he like, left me. I'm like, the what the hell? In fact, I think I, so I started playing on PC initially. And I think James was playing with me on PC. Uh, PS3. We were playing on no, PC. No, I played PC before, though. Oh, before, yeah. When I yeah. was playing with you, I was playing on PS3 because it was just easier. So, yeah, I tried playing on PC initially, and I had my PS3 controller hooked up, and it just wasn't as, I don't know, it just wasn't as good. There weren't as many people playing on PC at the time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I went ahead and hooked it up on PS3 and was able to get a good experience on that. But, yeah, that bastard just left me for dead in the uh, Dark Root Basin. Now, to be fair, I played through the entirety of Dark Souls 2, Scholar the First Sin with John. Like, I made a point that was like, no, we're going to grab every item in every level. We're going to 100% this, um, not counting trophies. But on top of that, you were, what, three quarters of the way through Dark Souls 3? And I was like, you know what, I man? I just beat this like six months ago. I'm bored. <laughs> and I left you to your fate. Oh, man. Yeah. No, Dark Souls is easy, though. Like, after, you know, after you kind of left me stranded on that game, um, I summoned in a few people here and there, but a bulk of those bosses were actually much easier than a lot of the other games. Like the, uh, I forget the demon, but the one that like flies around a little bit and then sits down and creates an earthquake behind you. Um, I for- you fall into a pit, and when you fall into the pit, you've got this demon, this fat demon, just kind of he kind of floats up a little bit and then he drops. Oh, that sounds like the asylum demon. I think yeah, it was that's that from that the one. first Dark Souls. Yeah, the very yeah. first boss. So, well, no, I mean, you get to him later on in the game again. You get to battle him. And oh yeah, you can totally whip his ass. Um, yeah. The- so like that was one that um, I just fondly remember as like just continually playing. I'm like, all right, I see his pattern. Let's do this, you know. And there was nobody at nobody would get summoned in. Yep. There was nobody on that. So it was just there were a number of bosses I had to beat on my own. John had to get good. I did get good. In fact, when are you I actually gonna play Sekiro? Oh man, dude, Ooh. I want to play that so badly. So right now, as you know, I'm watch you play. Yeah. So as you know, I'm at obviously like finishing up the game room here. Um, I've got my plaster up there on the wall for that hole that I had to fix. So that's all good to go. I just got to paint that um, and then put up a few more posters. And then after I've kind of settled things in like that, I think I'll be good to play some Sekiro. So 
Nice. I, I really want to play that game, but I do understand I have lots of personal life stuff I have to complete first, so I'm kind of doing that at the time. What is Ryan playing? Uh, so I'm still messing around with Final Fantasy Twelve. That's fun. It's great. And then I also just started playing uh, Link to the Past again. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's yeah. a yeah, classic. On my micro, so that's fun. Oh, so you're playing the GBA version, the one that has yeah. four swords built in? Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah, I'm playing through that. Uh, I was watching a YouTuber. They're playing a randomizer right now, so I was like, oh, I should get in on some Link to the Past action. James, in two weeks, ask him if he beat Link to the Past. Oh, I won't have. <laughs> uh, at what part are you in 12? I'm still just way at the very beginning. Like you're in the sewers or whatever? I'm doing... Uh, I just killed the tomato for the first hunt thing. Oh, Hey, Ryan. Okay, do you have any clue what the hell is going on in this story? Uh, the story's, like, just starting. Okay, so I'll ask you again once you're, like, maybe 20 hours into it. Like, Ryan, can you explain the plot of this game? Just just to make sure it's just not see, just me. see what's going on. Hey, so, Ryan, isn't there a, a YouTuber called The Completionist? Yes, there is. I yeah, think we should make odd. a sub-page for us called The Incompletionist. <laughs> right. And we can make you the star of that. And the greatest thing about that is you get through maybe halfway, a quarter way through the game, and people are like really engaged, want to know what's going on, and it just drops off. Yeah. And they're like, what happened? And then I come in, I'm like, well, unfortunately, folks, Ryan decided to bail on this game, and he found a new game that he wanted to play. Oh, there's always something new and he, shiny. He had that, that $1 game just kind of sparked his interest, so he had to jump on it. We can yeah. call it the Satisfactionist. Right, Satisfactionist. And then every time, you know, it'll start out like a let's play and watch ryan play and at the end we'll just scroll out to the credits like the end of the movie is like you know how instead of ryan grew up and moved on to be a sinner is like ryan made it to the great pumpkin boss and then he bought this game and yeah. now he's playing that he made it all the way to mount moon and then he gave up you know <laughs> i gotta give it to ryan man he's probably played more games than we have just because of the right. sheer amount of games that we we have to beat first well, and that's the thing it's like there's a lot of people out there like that like not everybody finishes every game and i mean Ex- except my wife some yeah oh well, yeah and yeah. then there's some people like with uh Sekiro and the whole argument over this does it deserve an easy mode it's like, what happens if you get to a game that you literally can't finish? Like, are you entitled to be able to finish that? Yes, you I have mean, to get good. Sh- should you feel bad if you don't finish a game? Like, if you just play a game for a little bit, like, I don't have when hundreds I, of hours to throw at every single game. Like, I would like to play Dragon Quest Eleven. That's supposed to be really good, but that's like a huge game. There's no way I'm going to finish that. Oh, yeah. Almost all Dragon Quest games are a massive time suck. They're really good, but holy fucking shit, they're a time suck. So, when I played Demon's Souls on PS3, at that time, Demon's Souls had been barbarian. out... What's that? I said with the Naked Barbarian. Uh, no, I, I wasn't a Naked Barbarian. Um, <clears throat> but no, I played Demon's then Souls, and when I was playing Demon's Souls, there was nobody playing that game at the time, and it seemed unbeatable, but I just kept grinding and battling through, and I finally beat it. So... A game like Sekido, again, get good. Like there doesn't need to be an easy mode. It's meant to be hard. And if you picked it up with the expectation that there would be an easy mode, you kind of did yourself a disservice and are out sixty bucks. I think a lot of people picked it up with the expectation of it being a Soulsborne game, even though they kept saying this is not a Soulsborne game. I picked it up with the expectation of it being um, a blend of. Soulsborne and Tenchu, and I'm a little disappointed that the the more Tenchu-esque elements of it are a bit lacking, especially as a game that started out as a Tenchu game. Um, the reason I stopped playing, honestly, is not just because of the difficulty, but because of uh, unbalanced difficulty. That There are certain points where you're going to come across a mini-boss early on, and you're just going to get fucking trashed, and then... You'll find, you know, the game will say, oh, okay, you've unlocked this move. And you'll realize, okay, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing to beat this character. And they'll, okay, you'll get past that when you get to the next one. Okay, I'm supposed to do this move to beat this character. You will do it, and you'll watch that character. Instead of being stunned or, or stun-locked for the moment like you're supposed to be, they'll just break right out of it. And that's what kind of pissed me off and made me step away from it for right now. Well... I'm gonna. I'm bound and determined to beat that game. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of frustration, similar to uh, Neo when we were playing that game. Oh yeah. But Neo was just like, I mean, a million items that you picked up. Every every person you beat dropped some sort of item. Like there was yeah. item drops galore, and it just Diablo got, souls. It got a little ridiculous. Um, and so, tedious. Yeah, tedious as well. So 
Neo wasn't as fun. This seems like it's going to be a little more straightforward like a Souls game, but it's going to have that difficulty and probably that pain in the ass type of difficulty like a Neo. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that's a game that, you know, with me, once I start a Souls game, I have to beat a Souls game. So I, I will complete that game. Now, to side with Ryan, I totally get some games, and we were talking about this earlier, some games are just, I will get tired of playing. I'm like, I will pretty sure I'm never, ever going to finish Fallout 3. And that's not because I didn't like it. I fucking loved that game when it came out. I played it so fucking much. We're talking like 150 hours of me just exploring that when it finally came time that I was, uh, I got to the Brotherhood of Steel Fortress and whatnot, I was just so burned out on it that I was just like, uh, a couple of years later, I was like, you know what? I am so close to the end of this game. Let me just pick it up and finish it. And I was just, God, I can't stand playing this game. And since I started playing Skyrim, um, I get the feeling I'll probably end up doing the same. I'll, I'll get tired of it rather than finishing it. But for example, on the other hand, I have things like Bloodborne. I've uh, finished Bloodborne. I got the, uh, the poor ending and the good ending. But the one thing I didn't do is I never finished the Chalice Dungeons. Like I never got to the, Ooh, the Queen of Thumeria. That, man. Yeah, like I even after a while, because I was really enjoying the Chalice Dungeons, that I found, someone finally figured out the the shortest path to get to the uh, uh, Queen of Thumeria or whatever her name is, the the super hidden secret boss. And I was just like, you know what? I have clocked in a hundred plus hours, like 140 hours in this game, and I've enjoyed every bit, but I'm just I'm done. You know, I I feel like I've I played it to my satisfaction, therefore I've completed it. You know. Yeah, I, I was like that with the uh, game as well. I had a guy that I would play with every now and then on that um, on Bloodborne, and he was like, "Yep, I beat the game. I'm at 200 hours, and I'm almost done to Chalice Dungeons." I'm like, "What uh. the hell, dude?" I knew people that were like 400 hours into into like Oblivion and such years ago. So it does surprise me that some people they enjoy it that much mm-hmm. and they progress through. But to your point of Fallout Three, uh, that was a game that I actually went through and did exactly what you're saying i just played the hell out of it did a lot of side quests all that good stuff and after a little bit i was just like you know what like and i sat down for a couple years came back picked it up i was like you know what i'm just gonna beat this game now like i'm just gonna progress through the regular story and beat the game and it was actually pretty enjoyable at that point so i'm right there with you man and a lot of those games the tedious aspects and just once it's after a while you're just like all right i'm finished so since we kind of derailed the conversation on you, Ryan, sorry about that. Um, no, we're good. I talked you, about the stuff I'm currently playing. No, no. Uh, well, I was going to ask, do you generally feel that it's a matter of, you know, like you're playing a game and you're like, ooh, squirrel or ooh, new and shiny, or is it you play until you're like, you know what? I- I'm good. I feel satisfied. I'm just going to stop here and move on to the next thing. Uh, I mean, it's a combination of both. And then every so often I get those games that I just can't get away from. K-Blazers. K-Blazers. Yeah. Messenger. And point messenger. Ooh, well, no, the messenger, messenger I totally finished. I finished that game. Well, I did that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you, you beat it. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, and K-Blazers, I would anticipate you to beat as well because you're I, so into it. I don't know, man. That's just like, it's just one of those things like, I don't play it the way I used to where I would sit down just all night. Now it's like, I'll go in, I'll do like one good run, and then I'll just stop after that and do other things. Like, it's it's more just kind of like... I know that I could probably figure out ways to beat it with these other classes, but you just need to you need to have a good run. And sometimes you're just not going to have a good run, and sometimes you'll have a a really bad run of like just not anything syncing up. You don't have any kind of good weapons, or you don't have any kind of good magic, and it's just not working. But you just keep staying alive, and it's like you'll make it like way deep and you're like i'm never gonna beat it on this like i don't even know why i'm still going like i have no kind of combinations that work well together i'm barely just getting through i'm not gonna win but you just keep going just see if you could make that run work watch this one day ryan's gonna come by and he's gonna be like well i beat minecraft we're just gonna be like you fucking what and he's like yeah i I finished minecraft like (laughs) you fucking what He's like, do you mean Minecraft story mode? No, Minecraft. I finished it. The whole thing. <laughs> There's yeah. no more to build, guys. It's yeah. done. <laughs> I've built everything. There is you know no the raw world land of Warcraft. <laughs> done it all, <laughs> <laughs> including the unreleased stuff. Yes. <laughs> oh man, he will surprise us one day. I played it so much that now Blizzard is paying me a monthly fee for it. <laughs> oh my god. 
Well, uh, hey, speaking of Blizzard, uh, this has nothing to do with our news, but um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. let's go into news. Right. So uh, <laughs> actually, no, I, I actually did see a uh, yeah great transition. I actually did see an article the other day and I didn't read it, just a headline. But it said something about um, Blizzard is now producing less games than they normally do. Um, so it's actually gotten to where they're not producing just about anything, which is interesting. Well, they're working on that uh, Diablo mobile, which we'll see how that goes. That'll be the end of them right there. It'll be over. I don't know. I I have a feeling they'll be able to hook in like a ton of casual people that don't want to sit down in PC game and don't want to wait for an whatever ab- the next game to be eventually ported over and absolutely love in-game purchases and advertisements oh so you must mean you guys have smartphones yeah i love the blank stare ryan's giving me right now <laughs> sorry that was that was a, the a quote from joke. the oh yeah yeah, yeah the the, if you actually watched that it was just like a fucking bloodbath oh. oh, i was, it was giving so you the silence the audience gave him <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> the announcement okay. he saved it he saved is it. this a late april fool's joke wait are you guys being fucking serious right now <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh let, let's get on to the actual topic uh ryan you had something about anthem and yeah the developers. so anthem and this is kind of based on last week too because we had discussed that anthem players are dropping off so this is kind of a bridge now yeah so just kind of follow up on that um the producers of anthem and some of the other senior members have moved on to dragon age 4 so bioware is shifting their focus over they're like all right time to really start working on this now and the players all on the subreddit are like all right this game's dead all the delays and the upcoming content and now that it's just like support staff being left behind like i can't believe this is keep going downhill for them like every week it just goes further and further downhill it's like 76 all over again and i keep saying it's like 76 all over again and it keeps happening so i think secretly ryan is actually the uh, ceo of uh, bioware uh he's like you know what you see that game Anthem over there? Let's leave it unfinished and let's move on to the next game. Right? Yeah. yeah we well, already got your fucking money. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I feel bad for everybody who fell into this hole. And, you know, I, I hope that the support staff is enough to turn it around eventually. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But if they just completely abandon wear this and just leave it to fully die, it's going to look even worse. Like they're way better off just you know putting some resources at it and then you know a year and a half from now they could be like it's good now and then they can do like a big 50 percent sale launch or put it on ps plus for a month and capture a whole new free audience to go in and hopefully buy whatever's left over cough for honor cough Mm. right (laughs) Well, uh, James tied in on that. I think you had discussed your uh, PC Master Race um, Epic Store. Oh, yeah. Well, before we get to that, I was going to say, you know what would be genius and goddamn hilarious at the same time is if Bioware just takes that new Dragon Age game that they're working on. Like, yeah, I was building on the Anthem engine. You well, fucking they, save are, money. they are building it to be a live service game. It's going to have multiplayer and all that stuff. Like they didn't learn their lesson. They didn't learn their lesson. They're going to go try to ruin the thing that could actually save them and keep them together because, you know, their parent company is probably too greedy to let them just make good games again. I'm fucking cracking up over here. All right. So I understand that the, uh, you know, the Internet hot topic of the month in gaming culture is all about the Epic Games Store. Um, Brian, you were saying earlier that they got uh, they got jilted by Microsoft. Yeah. So uh came out microsoft has decided that they are going to release uh the master chief collection not on the epic Games store epic games they also just picked up uh some exclusivity with borderlands 3 so that's uh 2k and microsoft taking sides on this Mm. new i mean i I don't want to call it a console war because it's not it's a launcher war that that's kind of true it's it's really about the game store what it really comes down to is everyone wanting to feel like they're rooting for the underdog saying oh epic's game store is being picked on blah 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 and correct me if i'm wrong weren't epics the ones that not more than a month or so ago 
were like, well, if you guys don't buy Metro, whatever the fuck version this is, then... Which I granted the quote actually was like, look, if people don't buy this, we won't be able to make another. That got taken out of context, but them essentially saying, well, you can only get this in our store. Mm-hmm. Um, you did ask me about that earlier. I did point out that the games for Windows Live, which was launched about the same time as the Xbox 360, it fucking fell through because it was cumbersome and fucking annoying. And it was an additional sin. Like, Fighter 4, for example, to this day, I still have to install it on Steam, fire it up. I still have to fucking launch launch games for Windows Live as part of its programming. It is fucking ridiculous. It's um, like playing a Ubisoft game and you have to log into your Ubisoft oh account. Oh, God. Yeah, it drives me up the fucking wall because I told you about that. I was like, I'm going to play Far Cry 3. Okay, you still got to launch from Steam, launch from the Ubisoft just so they can keep track of their own shit. It's really unnecessary. If you're providing me with the Steam key, and me personally, I prefer steam because just so far they've done it best i don't particularly like exclusivity i am one of those fucking people that are just like man i've said it for years if i could get mario metroid zelda on a playstation i would just fucking be so happy not having to buy another console but i get that it's all proprietary as far as um shout out to the game grinder uh because he commented on where i was talking joking about our conversation about the multiple game launchers where he misunderstood and i was saying no it's annoying as shit and i had to point out to you uh and to him I was like epic has had their own game launcher for years now i got shadow complex uh from them years ago for like three or four bucks but to be able to play it i have to sign into my epic account i have to use specifically their launcher to be able to play that game uh whereas i do believe it has a steam release now but you know things like that as far as is one storefront better than the other? No, I'm just a spoiled consumer and I would really prefer to have it all in one central location. I just happen to prefer Steam. Um, Steam to me just does it better. Uh, for someone who's a former PC game pirate, um, you know, that's actually what got me to convert from. I was like, holy shit, I can just buy this for really cheap on Steam. They're going to fucking patch it for me, keep it up to date. Everything is centrally located here this shit is fucking amazing you know why would i ever bother pirating something again but when it comes to something like oh i want to play battlefield 4 or 5 with my coworkers, like all right i gotta launch fucking origin and this that and other but it's all ea stuff like i can only play those ea games as far as i know um within that launcher what do you feel about or think about it um i've never been much of a pc player at all so i don't really level bro huh sorry no being a smart ass just for the uh, the record i'm not a pc master racer i'm just a fucking gamer yeah i just i don't really care like i understand that it's an inconvenience for people and i understand that you know these exclusivities do drive down you know people's engagement like they want to play these but the companies are making money like they're they're getting paid handsomely for these exclusivity at least enough to cover the cost and most of these exclusivity are just a timed deal anyways like they're not full on restrictive forever like you'll be able to do it eventually so i'm having a hard time myself coming around to like hey just sit and wait you don't have to buy games day one anyways right you shouldn't yeah so Told I you. just we just I think we had this conversation last week on the podcast too. Yeah. So I just I'm I feel that they don't want to get a thing, but hey, you don't have to actually buy anything extra. Like you were saying, if you could get Nintendo games on your PlayStation, you'd be all for not having to buy another console. So if yep. you have to download another launcher to play a game, I really don't feel that bad for you. And ultimately competition this is not good competition Mm -hmm. but competition is better for the market and i'd rather have there be two people or three people out there making you know you know vying for your attention and trying to make themselves better in doing so i think it'll be better for everybody and everybody's just kind of got to deal with it oh i absolutely agree i i think competition is great for everyone and when we initially discussed it the other week i was saying you know the thing is steam has done it better you got to be better than the other guy they got to come up with something different or innovative to to be able to compete and hang with them rather than saying like okay well you can only play epic games over here or you can only get halo for pc on steam or something silly like that it's like no no no. add some cool fucking new feature find a way to integrate your shit into a console epic honestly if you guys can pull that off to make your pc only games which i don't think are really an issue i think pretty much any of their games are available on console but they can find a way 
to do that, since we have cross-platform play on so many games coming up, yeah, there's no reason they say, all right, install the Epic app on your PlayStation 4. Yeah, you still got to buy your games directly from us, but you can just launch it from your PS4 and play it. You ain't got to have a PC. Um, and there's always going to be some exclusivity. I just find that as time goes on, it's going to be more and more of a problem. We're starting to see it a lot with uh, new TV shows that are coming out. Like, you know, not just, oh, okay, Netflix has a license to a lot of the Marvel stuff, but now... Um, Disney's doing its own... Yeah, Disney's doing its own thing. And then DC Online or whatever their their TV service like, oh, you want to watch that third season of Young Justice? You know, you got to pay for us. If you watch Doom Patrol, only we have it. And uh, to me, that's fucking... It's really inconvenient and annoying, but, you know... Well, and those are extra services that you have to pay for. Oh, yeah. Additional $10, $20 a month is like damn guys you know it's like i may pay 20 bucks a month or 21 or whatever for netflix but i get a lot for my money it's like step up your shit if you want to compete don't rely on the internet to say oh you guys are picking on the little guy or bullying them or something like that it's like no step up your shit same thing with the uh, blizzard you don't hear anybody bitching about BattleNet, which i think they did away with or something you want to play a blizzard game john you want to play diablo you want to play world of warcraft you want to play starcraft Right, you got to fucking launch Battle.net to play it. And you got to sign into that shit separately. Yeah, that's the only PC game I actually like religiously played was Starcraft on Battle.net. Nerd! Yeah, I, dude, I loved yeah. it, man. Yeah. We would get uh, three computers sitting up in the house. My brother and uh, my buddy Justin would go in different corners of the house yelling at each other. <laughs> it was fantastic. Good times. Yeah, I remembered something else that I heard about the Epic Store 2 this week. They are going to pull Rocket League. from steam like they're going to continue to support rocket league for steam users but after a certain point in time they're going to stop letting more people buy it on steam that is not a smart move epic so that happened too or is in the process of happening i should say well um i guess if we're if we're done with this little tidbit speaking of the internet making decisions for people uh the sonic movie I think is uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good uh, topic to tie into. So I know we missed out on it last week, and I'm actually happy we didn't talk about it last week. Now we've got updates. Now we've got updates for it that we didn't have to worry about. So obviously, unless you live under a rock, uh, the Sonic movie had a trailer released. We all knew it was going to be terrible looking uh, back when initial photos were shown last year. Uh, and the video just kind of proved that. So obviously, lots of memes have been created. Um, and since then, uh, because the movie looks so poor, uh, the director has backpedaled and said, all right, we're uh, going to make a design change and it's going to be for the better. Does I'm, that mean that they have to like redo the whole movie? Like every scene with him in it, they need to like swap the character and reanimate? Well, not necessarily reanimate. I mean, the animation's there. So it's really a matter of going into the film and just modifying every scene that he's in where you see his face, I would imagine. Is it just I, the face they're changing? I, I don't know. I don't have that much, but I would imagine if they want to go the easiest route, which they probably will, it's just going to be a change of the eyeballs. So I need to know if this is just me, because I'm not a big Sonic person, so I've been on the train of a long time being like, oh, how's Sonic going to suck this time whenever they make a new one? But Well, the movie my, is just the new, how am I going to suck? Well, no, I know, but my friend said, and I can't believe he said this, that Sonic was the only thing wrong with that trailer and that if they make the model better, it'll be great. And I'm just, how did you get that from that trailer? Like, I don't think that Sonic was the only thing wrong with that trailer. Like, I can't imagine it would be a good movie regardless of what Sonic looked like. I'm pretty sure that the Sonic movie in general is just going to be a bad movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think fixing Sonic is going to fix what's wrong with this. I don't think it's going to be a flop at all. I think it's going to be hugely successful. I mean, they keep making Sonic products because they make money. So I, I sorry, I I saw a photo the other day and it had, you know how the Avengers movies were laid out phase one, phase two and all that. Somebody did that, but they put the video game titles for phase one, phase two. And it started going down a list. It was like Sonic, Mario and then later on Mario versus Sonic Olympics and it just kept going through this whole list of all these variety of movies that would be tie-ins and uh, I am scared for our future right now certainly understandable I would say going on the basic premise of the original Sonic the Hedgehog game story-wise they can make a, a decent cool movie an epic story so to speak as far as and I also I'm not like a really big Sonic fan I've never finished a Sonic the Hedgehog games but 
as far as why they felt the need to reinvent the whale as far as what the character looked like, I think is what bothers everyone because they're trying to cash in on nostalgia and Nintendo just clearly, so clearly showed that like you can easily 3D animate these characters to look just like they're supposed to. Like, I've never been a big Pokemon fan. I've never finished a Pokemon game, but I want to see Detective Pikachu. And I think all the Pokemon in there look fucking phenomenal. I think they've already announced that there's going to be a sequel for that. Oh, yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, shit, I'm already sold on it, you know? Yeah, I can't wait to go see it this week. Yeah, I mean, it looks fantastic. And then, and that's what I think is kind of shocking to people is they see Detective Pikachu for the last, uh, like, six months mm-hmm. and all the videos and trailers and everything tied to it. And you're just like, wow, this is going to look great. And also, they're like, hey, look, here's Sonic. Oh, and by the way, um, that iconic character, we just changed how he looked given, you know, the last 20 years of photography well, they and everything just did we Sonic have. Boom a few years ago, and that was a total oh, redesign. God, oh, oh, that did not go over well either. Sonic Boom, the way they did all the characters, especially Knuckles. Um, I've always heard from people that the show is supposed to be okay. Uh, one of the cartoons a lot of people really like the uh, I think the comic book is still ongoing it's been going on since I was a kid that's what I want bring back hashtag bring back Fat Sonic you remember <laughs> Fat Sonic with the chili dogs from the first cartoon is that what Justin's been referring to on our page no he's like something about Big Yoshi and oh. then he posted some dumb like really dumb crank call I think I listened to like 20 seconds of it and I was just like nope peace out on it yeah okay so it's Big Yoshi he's talking about alright mm. Yeah, BG Yoshi or something. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I'll probably like Redbox a Sonic movie when it comes out. If that, I might even wait like a month after Redbox for when it hits Netflix. Um, I don't think it's something I'm going to see in theaters personally, unless there's like I don't drastic changes. And yeah. if they, or or if it's so bad that you got to watch it in theaters because it's hilarious. Well, that and if they put Jim Carrey in a fat suit, that that's what I really want to see. Um, Actually, that's what I kind of look forward to. I haven't watched the trailer. I've just seen the. The pictures of Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey as Doctor Robotnik, and he looks great. I was like, I keep wanting to picture him as actually like full on Doctor Eggman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's that'll be fucking amazing. Just put him in like a big rotund fat suit and yeah, turn him loose. That'd be, be awesome. Great. I'm sure he's probably like, nope, I'm not doing that. That has to be what had occurred on the back. And like, we want to make you big. No, no, I'm gonna I'll, do my I'm own. I'm willing to bet it's gonna happen at some point in the movie. Jim they, Carrey will take it and run with it. That's true. They they might. I guess we'll see, but. Uh, it's not something I want to see in theaters unless it gets like stellar reviews. Uh, I don't or or like to your point, really, really bad reviews. And it's like you got to see it. Yeah, it, it could be the Sonic 06 of the movie of movies. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, OK, well, speaking of Sonic, um, I think he was on this list in the past. Yeah, he was. All right. So uh, Video Game Hall of Fame just announced their 2019 inductees. We have Colossal Cave Adventure on the Commodore 64. Mortal Kombat. Never heard of that game. I hadn't either. Mortal Kombat, Super Mario Kart, and Solitaire. Yeah, every time they announce one of these lists, it's like, what, that wasn't already in there? Next year it's going to be like, oh, Super Mario Brothers. Like, are you fucking kidding? Here's the thing. This particular organization has only been doing it since 2015, so we can quickly rattle off these names. Uh, 2015 was Doom, Pac-Man, Pong, Super Mario Bros., Tetris, and World of Warcraft. That's kind of odd. Uh, 2016, World of Warcraft. I don't know why this one would be on here right now, but Grand Theft Auto 3, Sonic Mm -hmm. the Hedgehog, Space Invaders, The Legend of Zelda, Oregon Trail, and The Sims. How does Sims and Oregon Trail made it before Super Mario Kart? Baffles me. Uh, The next one we have is Donkey Kong in 2017, Halo, Pokemon Red and Green. Wait, why? Red and Green? That's weird. Not Red and Blue or Red, Yellow, or Blue, It says Red and Green. Interesting. What the fuck? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Street Fighter 2. And then in 2018, we had Final Fantasy 7, John Madden Football, Space War and Tomb Raider. So uh, that is currently all that's in the video game Hall of Fame. I, I'm still kind of baffled by the whole Oregon Trail and Sims. Like, I understand why those games are on there. But at the same time, games like Super Mario Kart probably should have been jumped up there well, first. Well, it's obviously not chronological. Well, yeah, no, it's not chronological. I'm just saying, like, you announced Super Mario Kart two or three years after Oregon Trail and the Sims make it on there? I mean, I would, as as much as I think that Mario Kart is an amazing game, I I think if I was tasked with coming up with, okay, you've got five games a year you can bring in, 
and you have to pour through every game that isn't the five that you brought in last year, like, I'm sure all of these are up. Like, I'm sure there's a running top 100, and you just kind of, you know, roll the dice or, you know, decide how many people have been reached by any of this stuff. Because anybody who's, like, as far as I know, anybody who's ever been in school in the U.S. and had, like, a computer lab has played Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. Well, but I, anybody that... And died of dysentery. Yeah, but anybody that didn't have a Nintendo has never played Mario Kart. Well, and here's... Uh, I just... I went on their website just kind of check things out, and there's actually a nominate choice, and it says write your choice in. And it has, you know, the little... I'm not a robot thing, but... Uh, yeah, so it looks like this is purely... I would imagine fan-based for the most part to write in names and they probably just tally up the most and then go from there. That would, would make think. sense. I also get a feel from going... Or at least use it as an influencing factor. Yeah, yeah. Like something along those lines. Listening to the list that you went down for each year, it also strikes me that they're also trying to aim for the genre-defining games. Like, you know, the things that when they came out, they were something new and different. Oregon Trail, Mario Kart, when it came out, was a... The first, first game, racer. yeah, it was the first kart racer. Uh, Street Fighter Two was the first, not the first, but the first real full stream mainline commercial traditional fighting game. Mega hit, yeah, mega hit. Mortal Kombat was the first ultra violent, you know, fighting game that went mainstream and that you know helped define the ESRB. Exactly, it helped change so many things, you know. So I can definitely see them inducting things like doom over wolfenstein yeah okay to be fair doom was a much bigger hit more far more defining but things like all right will we have duck hunt early throne forcers or house of the dead you know which one of those like really kicked off um i swear to god if they fucking nominate gen x i'll just drive to wherever they are and burn their building down but uh generation x with uh, aerosmith um but i think i i kind of get that so but i was saying earlier it's like the rock and roll hall of fame and shit like that every time you hear like oh they're inducting this person you're like holy shit they weren't already in there you right know? exactly yeah I, I mean i guess that makes sense overall Slash, i mean you want to rock and roll hall of fame why are these in the rock and roll it's not even rock and roll it doesn't seem like sometimes yeah i've yeah. seen some interesting it, ones exactly there. yeah um but yeah I, I get your point man um you know and obviously it's only the fourth year that they've done this so we'll see how things progress there's only so many genre defining games but i would think for 2020 i can probably guarantee super smash bros melee is going to be on that list it's going to have to be at this point just the rate that they're going and the types of games and to your point genre defining that would be the next we should make a note of that and try to remind ourselves next year to check it out yeah hopefully we remember 2020's you know induction (laughs) um okay well you guys have anything else on uh news this week no i think we should move on to our inflation deflation you think so i think so i think i know so yeah, I got no argument against that. I thought about asking if y'all talked about Mortal Kombat 11 yet, but I think that's... Uh, we haven't played it yet. Yeah, I think that one's kind of been beat to death, and honestly, I haven't played it either, so it's it's not purely speculation, but um, it would definitely back into the whole Anthem and Fallout 76 thing, the over-commercialization of games, that they're just trying to turn each game into its own little money factory, you know. But uh, yeah, let's let's move on. We're getting long in the tooth. I'm just right. waiting for Mortal Kombat 2K20. <laughs> Yeah. No, that'll happen. All right. <clears throat> so. Well, they already make you unlock your fatalities. Did it really? Yeah, they start in uh, Mortal Kombat 10. Like, you can definitely just, if you know the inputs, you could do them old school style. But if you want them to appear in the menu, you had to unlock them in the crypt. And how very fucking convenient. You could pay real money to unlock the crypt faster, <laughs> uh. which is true in this one, too. This one, 11, there was a lot of complaints at the challenge towers that you had to do to get stuff to unlock crypt, you know, chess was being made artificially hard, like ridiculously hard. But Yeah, I just saw an announcement that it was like nerfed. Yeah, that they actually had to down patch it because even pro players were just like, look, this is fucking ridiculous. Um, you guys can't tell us that y'all didn't test this and think that, oh, this is intentionally done this to try to influence you. Squeeze you. you. Yeah, because don't get me wrong, Mortal Kombat games have been traditionally hard. Mortal Kombat 2... Uh, for anyone who's never played it, even the Super Nintendo version or the arcade version, that game, the AI cheats. It's a well-known fact. So all the Mortal Kombat games have definitely been hard, but uh, they went overboard to the point where it really felt like, or seemed rather obvious, they were trying to push people into just spending real money on coin or whatever the fuck it was. So. Coin with a K. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, so uh, moving on to our inflation deflation. 
This, we had killing time for the 3DO. Ryan, I had a whole little bit of bridging to say, like, we dusted off the 3DO console. Segway right out the window. Yeah, it's just gone. Like, you see what you've done there? I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, well killing right. time. You were wrong. later on. What was that? You can insert a window breaking noise later on. That right. that, that is true. Oh, yeah. So it was released <laughs> in 1995. Uh, wow. Developed by Studio 3DO Logicware for the PC Mac edition. What, uh,. What'd you guys think about this one? Well, I am surprised I didn't throw up for motion sickness. That's the first thing. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it's an older game and way ahead of its time when it was made. Uh, we're talking about a title that was rolling around during the era of Super Mario Kart and Mortal Kombat 2. Yep. So, you know, when you pull a game like this as a first person shooter with voice acting animation and some of these games actually did real video uh like mad dog 2 i think is a good uh, example yep this one has a lot of full fmb the uh the the model of in game the ghost those were actual recording digitizations yes there's a there's a lot jam-packed on these um the actual gameplay itself i thought it was pretty fun um given at least a little bit that we played. I would imagine, based on the cover, it probably gets into some pretty sickening monsters that we battle. We just obviously didn't get that far, but I left playing that game with wanting to play it some more. Yeah. Like, I would like to honestly progress through that game a little more. Yeah, I would like... I, too. I would like to see what what transpires as far as the story. I I think it was... uh, It's probably the earliest first-person shooter that I've played now i think because i i've never really played doom i mean i guess i've played doom but what no i've i've played doom but i mean i've oh, never correcting this i've never like been like oh i'm gonna go play doom now but like you were saying after playing that it's something that i would go back and try mm-hmm. again and probably try some more just to see how it compares to some of those older games because the movement wasn't crazy fast it was just the turning that was crazy fast yeah, and I wonder if there's a way for us to remedy that given, you know, upscalers and that type of stuff. It might be a good idea to give it a shot and see what happens. Maybe we could smooth it out a little bit more. Uh, I would think so. I mean, I, I can always bring over my S-Video upscaler. Uh, if you have an S-Video cable, certain models of the 3DO, I think yours does has a S-Video Yeah, mine out. does. Yeah. yeah, which will get us the best color, and we can always upscale the composite. Um, but I think... Honestly, even on your old CRT, I personally was impressed on how good it looked as far as like, yeah, a lot of it's just maze-like, drab, all the walls are the same, but things like the bushes and the extra textures and things like that for a game that came out in 1995 and obviously being a PC port, still really impressive. Um, I myself have been looking at this device called uh, the RetroTink 2X. And it is, uh, it's an up, well, it's not upscale, it's a line doubler, which is essentially, it's going to take that, that 240p resolution from your Super Nintendo and actually output it as 480p or 720p. And, uh, I've been looking at it a lot and it does, everyone's just raving about how well it works and it looks really good. Like even in 64 games, you know, don't look like blocky, smudgy, pixelated Vaseline. The videos I've seen of people playing, them on full 4k tvs it looks fucking stunning so i'm thinking about investing in one of those um how much are you running for uh they are they are definitely cheaper than a lot of other options like the the uh uh the open source scanline whatever the heck generator and uh definitely way cheaper than the frame meister but it's 99 dollars plus uh power supply and a mini hdmi cable so expect about 120 bucks that makes sense well uh yeah when you end up investing in that let me know i'd be interested to see how it plays um especially if i can hook it up to a 4k tv oh absolutely uh the last upscaler i bought is uh, made by a company called linking and it's uh i had an older version of their s video composite upscaler it worked great uh then i saw when i was poking around year few years later i saw they released another one um that did a better job of the colors things like that and it works fantastic on my uh my previous 4k tv dreamcast looked great n64 as long as you sat a fair distance away from the tv looked surprisingly good my only complaint is that any kind of fast moving image like for instance super mario world or mario all-stars mario running would leave a little bit of a of a blur as it went you know because it's trying to match up to the refresh rate of my 120 hertz panel uh, but it did pretty well. And that's actually been my concern. It's like, all right, the RetroTink is handmade by a guy. He made the custom chips for it, the software, everything. 
And if it can do that where everything is not blurred and everything is as realistically sharp and vibrant as it can get without having to do things like HDMI mods to the consoles and stuff, then I would say it'd be worth it. Because I paid about, each time I bought one of those Linking boxes, they're about 70 bucks each. Um, and totally worth it. I gave you my old one, which you subsequently lost, so you never got to try it to see how it worked. It worked really well. Um, but yeah, it's it's on my to-do list, and I think it's going to look fantastic. I was actually thinking about when I get it, I'll bring it over here, and we can hook up like your N64. Because uh, John does currently hook his N64 to his 4K TV, and when he does, our fucking eyes bleed. You can hear fucking babies wailing blocks <laughs> down the road. It is so fucking terrible. Hey, we can still play it, though. Yeah, if you want to play like you have macular degeneration, then I imagine so. Hey, it's just, <laughs> you know, anticipating the future, that's all. I'm just going to take some Vaseline and just blur it all over your TV. Well, there you go, John. I put on an N64 filter. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, Ryan, anything else input uh, on your end? I mean, uh, this game I, I thought was actually pretty cool. Probably one of the better ones that we've tested out of the blue. You know, um, I don't know much about the 3DO, and I would wager that it's probably not something that I would ever invest my money into. So I think that unless you already have a 3DO and this is a game that you actually would play, I think that that's kind of like right there as a stopping point for me. Like if you're just a games collector and you're not like really into playing it, like I definitely don't think that this is worth picking up as just a collector's piece. But if it's something that you actually would go back and play, I think that, you know, what is it? 22 loose, 49 complete in box. Yeah, that's actually, that's pretty cheap for a 3DO game, actually. <laughs> Games like Road Rash, for example, are running like 20 to 30 bucks. So it's, and, and to be up front, if anybody listening, is when I picked up this 3DO, the guy advertised it to me as full 3DO console, and he had a good stack of games. I'm like, all right, this is cool. And then when I get there, he's like, oh, hey, hey here's a binder, too. I'm like, what's this? Oh, it's a bunch of games that I burn for the console. So, like, there's games in there that are easily complete in box, like $900 that he burned at one point. And so, when we play this game, obviously, we don't... This particular one, we didn't have a, a full complete in box version. But I do have some physical copies I'd be interested in playing. Um, but, yeah, to your point, I would not personally invest in a 3DO unless you had a stellar deal kind of pop by. And the fact that he had the games in a case was... I wasn't expecting that, but it was kind of a nice plus because now I could test out some of those higher-end games if I choose to buy a physical copy. Now I can. Mm -hmm. I, myself, that is one of the rare times where I do want to have one as uh, as a bit of a collector's piece. Just like I want uh, to get a Famicom disc system. Uh, previously to your gift, um, you know, Brian, Ryan brought back uh, The Legend of Zelda on the, the Famicom disc for me from Japan, which is just awesome. It's going to go on my, uh, my treasure shelf. Um. Yeah, you feel special. You get a spot on oh, the yeah. shelf. Oh yeah, he's got a spot on my shelf right there too. Yep, yep. he's That's looking right. right at it. Yeah, he's looking at it like you, you can just see his head swelling. You know. <laughs> um. But yeah, I kind of I've wanted a 3DO for years just because um the novelty of getting to play these games I never got to play and as a cool collector's piece and personally as that I know I can just if I can find the ISOs that I can just burn them. You know. Uh, I picked up a Saturn years ago for cheap with no real intention of ever collecting for Saturn. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to mod chip. And I did. I mod chipped it and be able to play things like the Japanese version of Symphony of the Night and cool stuff like that that I've enjoyed. Um, so, yeah, I as far as the game itself, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, a lot of 3D Go games are fucking garbage, to be honest. Um, but this one was really good, even for how it's aged and things like that it's really not bad at all it's got some cool puzzle elements um they put a lot of effort into the story and the acting is not bad you know when you watch the uh the fmb ghosts and things so yeah i would actually be curious to play it a little bit more kind of see where it goes from there i do have to ask john do you have a street fighter 2 super turbo on your 3do on your burn games uh i think i do i know i have uh but you uh, don't have a six button pad right no, I don't. Damn. I've only got the three-button pads. Damn, I always wanted to play that version on 3DO. I mean, I can get a 3DO controller six-button pad. Well, I mean, I have it on, like, PS2 and every other fucking version of the sun, but it's just, like, I never got to play the 3DO one. Like, when the game came to consoles back in the day, the 3DO was the only console port of it at the time. Gotcha. Now, um, 
one Street Fighter I think we can play at some point soon is a Street Fighter of the movie on PS1. Oh, God, yeah. We should do that, or I can fire up the arcade edition on an emulator. It's, uh, whew. for anyone who's not familiar and never seen it, imagine Street Fighter Mortal Kombat style. Like, they're all the live-action character actors from the movie, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, the movement is stiff and awkward. It's, uh, it's something to behold, for sure. Well, I do have it right behind you there, so... Maybe maybe that's a game we play down the road. Uh, Ryan, what are you interested in playing next week, by the way, before we go into if this was worth it or not? Um, I don't know. Why don't we try something for... Game Boy. You said Game Boy? Game Boy. Yeah, let's try something for Game Boy. Okay. Yeah. Also... Uh- why don't they make a Game Boy Classic? I was I read a thing the other day. Everybody thinks the N64 Classic would be the next thing. Why don't they make that. a Game Boy Classic? That'd be dope. Like a little rechargeable pocket Game Boy. That actually, you know, when you present it like that, that's actually a pretty cool idea. That'd be like, worth the $100. Uh, don't get Nintendo no, ideas, Ryan. Shit. No. You, you just did it to us, uh, Ryan. Hold you on. Know, we can edit this out, I think. Guess what's going to come out near Christmas? Thanks, Ryan. Mm. Yep. Um, I would really like a, a Super Nintendo, or not Super Nintendo, sorry, uh, N64 Classic, especially if they put in a little more powerful. Um, uh, SOC, a system on chipboard, you know, because the one on the NES Classic is the same one in the SNES Classic. And even as a person who literally owns all the fucking games that are on there, I still think it's cool and convenient that we could just fire it up and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like it for the N64, especially if it's a little more powerful processor, because then I will definitely get one just to mod it. Because as a techie, I'm one of those weirdos. My original Xbox is modded. PS2 is modded. My Wii is modded. My Wii U is modded. If I can mod it just to be able to have all the games crammed on there, I do. One, for the fun of the project, and two, for sure convenience. Like I've actually really been digging the uh, the, the Switch and the Nintendo Online. Um, even though they don't have a lot of games on there, I think it's cool as shit that I can just poof, almost instantly, boom, I'm playing Ninja Gaiden, boom, I'm playing Star Tropics. Yeah. And I do have the save states and things like that. And they do neat little remix options. Like, all right, here's Kid Icarus, and then here's Kid Icarus at the end of the game with everything fully powered up already for you. So if you just want to go in there and beat it again, um, then you have that option. And I've really been enjoying that. Um, I need to renew my subscription. Oh, if I don't know if they're still offering it, but Amazon Prime through Twitch, that's how I got mine. They gave me a year for free. Oh, dope. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, possible subject for next week, I if I may or may not be here. Uh, if I am, probably talk about the the rise and fall of used game stores. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I know we've been wanting to talk about that one for a little bit. Um, as far as Game Boy games are concerned for next week, are you looking at Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance? What What's your idea? Or is it just anything within that realm of Game Boy? Um, I don't know. Pick something. All right, we'll pick something, and we will announce it next week. Or leave us suggestions. That too, uh, for those listening. So, uh, I don't know if you want to price, but 22 loose, 49.50 complete in box, 139 new. Um, Ryan, inflated or deflated? Is it worth it or not worth it? I'm going to say 22 bucks for a loose copy if you already have a 3DO and are a collector. I would say go for it. I think it's fun. I think that it's a good throwback. I I would do that if I already had the investment. I would do it. At uh, at twenty two bucks loose. To your point, I have a three do. I would probably pick it up, but I prefer these games complete in box. So I'm gonna go based off the forty nine fifty. Uh, I think at forty nine fifty, it is inflated. So I would be more willing to pay something like thirty for a complete in box of this game. I would say. Since it is the 3DO, um, I would say the whole thing, collecting for a 3DO, literally is a collecting thing. Like 3DO, working 3DO consoles themselves are fairly uncommon. Even on eBay, they're a little difficult to get a decent one uh, that doesn't have weird issues. It actually fully functions. And the games themselves are especially uncommon because, frankly, uh, this shit was crazy expensive when it came out. The games were expensive. No one bought them. So me personally, I'm going to take it from the perspective of an, a, a full-on, a hardcore 3DO collector. I would say in that perspective, 50 bucks for complete box, absolutely worth it, especially since it's a decent game. Um, as far as me just being a general video game collector myself, I would say 
I honestly would still say 50 bucks complete in box if the box is actually properly intact because 3DO did have those paper boxes, um, you know, which are, you know, really hard to, to get a hold of and take care of. Kind of in the same way you Sega CD and Saturn collectors can relate on, you know, not having cracked up uh, plastic cases and stuff. Yeah, just imagine that, but just fucking cardboard over 20 years. Yeah. 1995, 2005. Oh, God, I'm getting old. And you guys are getting old with me. Haha. Uh-huh. Yeah, my copy of Alone in the Dark 2 is that flimsy cardboard that they yep. released. Now, some of them are kind of that uh, thick cardboard clamshell type style. Mm-hmm. Uh, those have held up very nicely, but uh, yeah, my copy of... Yeah, it's just Alone in the Dark 2 is the only one that I have a, you know, a, a complete yeah. box copy that's not clamshell, and yeah, that thing is just like not in good shape. Yeah, so my perspective as a general collector, hey, you just want to play it? Yeah, I'll give you 20 bucks for just a disc just so I can play it. Um... But, you know, as far as like, hey, you know, you want to add this to your collection? Not for 50 bucks, I don't. Um, but that's just me personally. I don't collect 3DO. I do want a 3DO, um, but I don't collect for it. Just like I don't collect for my Dreamcast anymore. I just burn my games I don't want to play. Um, I don't collect for Saturn. I just burn the games I want to play, um, which is kind of silly. My Xbox, original Xbox is modded and loaded with games, but I still buy original Xbox games because I started out collecting them. So now, yeah. Well, I think it's safe to say uh, we have some pretty positive reviews on this game. So I'd say this is one of the better ones. It's a good one. Let's find something good for next week. Keep this rolling. Yeah. Do three uh, weeks in a row. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that would be three weeks in a row. All right. Well, I think that does it for uh, episode 28. We're closing in on episode 30. So that should be pretty cool. Um, Well, this has been John. I've been Ryan. I could be James. You could be James. And we are... The The Game game Deflators. The producer. I think that's a movie. All right. Probably. Thanks, guys. Buy our merch.